The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at romanschapter5 at comcast.net. Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 26, Letter 3 to My Atheist Self. Dear John, you are sitting right now in Mom's house, playing a civilization game on your laptop, surrounded by the luggage for your projected departure tomorrow for Salzburg, Austria, watching the aftermath of the destruction of the World Trade Center towers, the teaching opportunity at the University of Salzburg, and the European travel itinerary have disappeared in the terrorist destruction of 9-11. You will not be touring Europe, or be able to use your experience in Salzburg to advance your prospects in academia. It will be three years before you complete your dissertation and receive your PhD. The Islamic terrorism that has just rocked the world generally, and your world in particular, should remind you of another quote from your dissertation research by Jean-Paul Sartre, this one from Individualism and Conformism in the United States. Quote, Most of the people I spoke with in America seem to have a naive and passionate faith in the virtues of reason. An American said to me one evening, After all, if international politics were in the hands of well-balanced and reasonable men, wouldn't war be abolished forever? Some French people present said that this did not necessarily follow. And he got angry. I, for my part, said nothing. Discussion between us was impossible. I believe in the existence of evil, and he does not. Your experience of academia has by now convinced you that the sort of blind faith in the upward path of reason that Hegel's dialectic has come to mean for the left has been unconsciously adopted by nearly every segment and pocket of society. You are already saying that, quote, we are all unconscious Hegelians now. And because Hegel's system has no unique ethical prescriptivism, it is the utilitarian dictum that the ends justify the means that has come to rule Western ethical thought and practice. Since for Hegel, all that is real is rational, and all that is rational is real, there is no evil. Relativism rules. And the only relative evil is that which retards the advancement of reason, that which stands in the path of progress. Whatever, then, can be done to overcome such resistance is justified. This was the answer you sought all those years ago when you asked, how did our world go so far wrong so quickly? Although you are now an atheist, you believe along with Sartre that there is evil in our world. Neither your own conviction nor that of Sartre can be said to be equivalent to the Christian notion, but it cannot be doubted that this acceptance of evil's reality sets you apart from nearly the entirety of learned society. You feel that separation deeply, I know. As you study Plato, and, yes, Socrates as well, more over the next years, both as Benchavenga's TA and in your own classroom Introduction to Philosophy course, your understanding of the world and its structure 
will continue to reveal important things to you, truths that you inchoately understand but lack the explicit language and ideas to express. Your ideas and, yes, your prejudices, particularly those against the left, will alter, and much that you do not understand will begin to clarify, and some of your most cherished notions will be swept aside with a greater subtlety of reasoning. Ideology, you will find, yields only partial and one-sided truths. Most of these discoveries are better left to your own efforts. I think that one exception, however, can be made. You will come to understand in Plato's treatment of political change that the connection between political structure and social and individual values is much tighter than you suppose. Both Plato and Hegel teach that there is a logic to human practice and not just of thought. For Hegel, spirit unfailingly rises toward self-consciousness, while for Plato the direction is decidedly in the opposing direction, toward degradation. The individual human being for Hegel is the pawn of spirit's self-realization, wholly determined, a means to spirit's end, while for Plato it is the values of individual citizens that construct the state. And thus, as values degrade at the individual level, so does the state. Thoughts and beliefs and their resulting actions are tendentious. They take us somewhere definite. Where we start, in combination with directionality, logic, tends toward predictable results. Corporate structures thus inevitably reflect the values of its individual citizens, and values, unless in some way maintained, reinforced, or strengthened, tend to decline rather than ascend. Machiavelli makes a similar point in his Discourses on Livy. A stable society must always be renewed by returning to its foundations. This is one of the primary functions of reformers. The law must be balanced by the prophets, the conservative by the reformative. These are the perennial functions of right and left in any functional society, and they work best together. Hegelian optimism, progressive ideology, does not withstand historical scrutiny. In the real world, things can and do get worse as the values that structure our world are wantonly abandoned in favor of progress, an undefinable utopia. In the implicit idealism of the post-Hegelian world, however, history can always be rewritten to serve the needs of the ideology, as the wife of a future president will proclaim. When once you admit evil, or its obverse, an absolute order of being against which Hegel's system must founder, and I think both you and Sartre are correct in doing so, by the logic of unintended consequences, you may be admitting more than you are bargaining for. Atheism works best when you can wander about in a nebulous cloud of relativism. When once you begin dealing in absolutes, substantial realities, true contingencies. Atheism begins skating on thin ice, 
a body of water beneath you of depths unknown, filled with monsters and treasures unfathomable. If you are determined to oppose Hegelian optimism, and I pray you remain so, the world will become richer for you, your thoughts concerning it less naive, and Hegel's logic, which is his greatest intellectual achievement, by encountering what Hegelian metaphysics cannot offer, real limitation, will offer you a profound tool for understanding a more robust, concrete, and unified reality than the arrogance of rationalistic atheism and scientific materialism allow for. The United States can and will recover from this day of Islamic terror. But the interior rot of this Hegelian ideological dominance will make your country unrecognizable in only 20 years. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.